what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another hopefully fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate, and with me via ticker symbol ZM is Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, man? Oh, going good. I'm not, I guess I'm not always. I missed yesterday's episode. That's true. It's just, it's been one of those busy times for me and, uh, but I like being busy. So it's, it's going well. The old, that ticker symbol uh, ZM is not going well though. No, no, not as well as I had predicted, but if you, uh, if you bought the stock, you're fine. I think it'll be great long-term overall. Oh, yeah. Especially, can yeah. you imagine, like, when Biden wins? I'm going to start saying when Biden wins, by the way, because I don't see any. You think any. he's going to win? Yeah. Yeah, I don't see any. I really? See. I, like, I've talked to other people who are so confident Trump's going to win. I don't see. I mean, uh, you know, it's possible. The polling system has got to be insanely flawed. Like, not even oh. close whatsoever. I mean, and that could be the case. It could be the and case. And it's so outdated. It's so 1980. And I'll admit, I I was not paying attention to the polls prior to the 2016 election because I didn't care. And I I assumed that Clinton was going to win. I really had not paid attention to these specific polls, but they, they could be just as off as they were then. I agree. That's very possible. I just, man, I really feel like he's stepping in it on really an all new level. And I mean, they already make up enough crap all the time and over exaggerate things all the time. You're talking about Trump? Trump, yes. And uh, you know, you're talking about him like, oh, no stimulus until after I win. And yeah, I don't, you know. Did you I, see the videos of him coming out on the balcony? And mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it did, I mean, it really did look like he was not breathing well. Yeah. Um, but then he, he came out and tweeted like, no big deal. Coronavirus is no big deal. You can beat it. <laughs> he said not to be not to be afraid of it. And I understand. Which, I mean, that's not horrible. No, but there are different ways you can take it. If you want to take it as Trump is saying that no one needs to worry about this, it's a hoax, all this. If you want to take it as that, then you can take it as that. Uh, if you want to take it as Trump is saying that people need to weigh out uh, living the rest of their lives in the bunker versus the risk of dying of COVID-19, then you could take it that way as well. Or a sense of encouragement if you do have it, like, hey, I'm the president, I got it, and I made it through, like, you can do it too. Yeah. Um, I'm old. I definitely think there's different different ways to take that. I just think, and then the thing with the stimulus, obviously, I don't want them to work on a stimulus plan. I don't want that. I don't see the benefit in announcing that you're not going to hear any stimulus negotiations beforehand. I don't see the yeah. benefit. I only see negatives on that unless he's trying to court the libertarians, I, which I don't I don't see him really doing all that much. I see maybe I really I honestly don't get it other than he's getting them to completely back off on that. Focus on my Galdern Supreme Court justice. That's all you guys need to work on because I need her to help me win the election. <laughs> so <laughs> like that's that's really all I can see being the benefit for him. Yeah. I don't I, I only see negative uh, unless it's strengthening his base, which his base does not need any more strength whatsoever. Yeah. So, the, you know, you got to really work on your optimism Nate. if you're just always seeing negative. It's like it's always <laughs> seeing red because. I feel like the lines are pretty well drawn right now. And so I I only see a negative from him saying that he's going to do that. But to me, all it's about right now, I don't think you're going to win over new voters. I don't think anyone's changing their vote right now. You know, I I don't think that's what's going to happen. But I do think you can encourage or discourage people from spending the time to go stand in line to vote. I, I do think you can do that. And so, so for me right now, it comes down to, are you really going to make it worth someone's two or three hours it's going to take them to, to go vote? And are you going to do something to discourage someone from deciding they can spend half their day trying to vote for you? Or are you going to do things to encourage them to do that? The base locked in, but are you going to do anything to discourage anyone? And that's what I see him continuously doing are things to discourage. Well, and that goes on both sides. I mean, there really, there's more to lose for both of them than there is to gain, I would say. 
So yeah, well, that's how I saw the debate with Biden. Like I, I looked at the debate as Biden discouraged more people from voting for him that might have been voting for him. And that was the hardcore leftist. I think that contrary to what a lot of people would say, I thought it was a smart move by Trump to badger Biden into denying some of the religious aspects of alt leftism. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think that I, I think that that was a good plan because I think it only served to discourage some people from taking half their day to go vote for him. And I think that's the only thing that happens from now on is, is that right there. Well, you know what I, you know what I did? What? I, I looked at the debate and I said, look at this. <laughs> I said, would you look at it? I Just look so at that. Mad. I am would you so mad. Look at this. That's <laughs> what I did with it. But anyway, as Nate said, this is the good morning Liberty podcast, the place where we talk about life liberty and the pursuit of meaning which is all encompassed in this great thing we call personal responsibility because honestly who gives a rabid sh who the president is come 2020 <laughs> november probably january 2021 when we find out who cares who the president is because at the end of the day it's on you it's on you folks to live the very best life that you can and that starts by pursuing something meaningful and taking personal responsibility for things that happen in your life. I mean, that's just the way it is. And, you know, we talk about politics here. We obviously, that's something very interesting to us. We talk about how there are better ways to govern and there are things that we can do inside of the game, so to speak, to make life better. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to you. You're responsible for yourself and your family and your friends. And uh, that there's nothing more freeing than that. I believe, I mean, to me, I believe when you take personal responsibility, even for things that aren't your fault, there's no better freedom than that because then it shifts the power from it being everyone else's fault and then they have the power to change the situation for you to it being your fault and now you control the power to change your own situation. And it's what's made people richer than you could ever imagine, not just in wealth, but in life in general. And it's, it's the only way. That's that's what I'm going to say. I agree. The only way. It's the truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. I could have said it better myself. Yeah. All right. What First, we got up on? What's on the docket? First off, we're going to mention, speaking of debates, there is a VP debate tonight between an ardent socialist and a block I'm of wood. I'm not watching it. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's really all we've got. Uh, a block of wood. I can, I'm not watching it. I, can, I honestly couldn't tell you one single thing about Mike Pence whatsoever. Nothing. Yeah. All I know is he won't eat lunch with someone of the opposite sex. That's I, all. I, I think because obviously he's a sexist. And he, a misogynist. Won't, he won't be left in a room alone with someone of the opposite sex. And these uh, days, I think that that is a uh, smart plan. I, th I think his wife's probably getting sick of it. <laughs> you know? But I mean, what are you going to do? So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you've got one thing. Trump, Trump to me has... The whole campaign, the whole right, they've all they've completely failed at something that they should be doing, which is pinpointing the fact that this election is between uh, batshit crazy Trump and insane crazy leftists. And honestly, those are your those are pretty much your choices. But your true choices are between who's going to be the president. Is it going to be Donald Trump or is it going to be Kamala Harris? Those are the things that you're going to be left with. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be grim here, but those, that is what actually comes out of this election. Come January, when they do their unveiling at the inauguration for which person it's going to be, come, come that time, that'd be a pretty cool event, actually, if no one knew until the inauguration and they let the person walk out from like a, you know, they they took the took the sheet off and they showed who the who the person was that won. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, that'd be a pretty highly watched event, to tell you the truth. But they come that time in January, we're gonna be left with is it gonna be Donald Trump or sometime you're gonna be dealing with the fact that Kamala Harris is probably gonna be the president. And even before that uh very sad, somber time. Is she actually going to be driving everything in the first place? And if you can get people's minds wrapped around that, if he ran an election against Kamala Harris instead of running an election against Joe Biden, I think he wins no problem. 
she has said enough terrible things in the last year to fill up a lifetime's worth of wet socialist dreams. <laughs> and I think that there has been an insane miss when it when it comes to this. This election needs to be focused as Donald Trump versus Kamala Harris. Donald Trump wins that election and they've completely failed, in my opinion. So I don't, I don't know what yep. you think about that. And that's I don't think that's a bad angle. I mean, this is, you know, it's all speculative and, and that's what the greatest thing about politics. And I to me, it's it, it's so weird because it can be so maddening at times, but it's also so fun. And, uh, you know, this is like this election is shaping up just as I hoped it would. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> just, just a a massive um that you know there's just, no better word for it just on the brink of civil war <laughs> you know <laughs> that's how we want our elections get your shotguns all right tell me about this that's first story a, that's man. lyrics from a, a a band by the way yeah. from a from a song norma jean song I'm not telling anyone to go get any tools or anything <laughs> like that it's from norma jean tell so me about this first story this is an inside libertarian news bulletin here i don't know if anyone heard but uh, let me know about old John McAfee. This is coming from Reason. John McAfee arrested in Spain, indicted on U.S. tax charges. So former LP, presidential hopeful antivirus software pioneer, an international man of mystery, John McAfee, has been arrested <laughs> in Spain while trying to board a flight to Istanbul and is expected to be extradited to the United States soon. A June sealed indictment on tax charges was made public yesterday by the Department of Justice. McAfee told me in June 2019 while launching his second run for the LP nomination, uh, which quickly fizzled out in exile from Cuba, that the very reason he wanted to stay there was that he thought there was no chance he would be extradited from the island to be held accountable for these alleged tax crimes. He did not actually end up staying in Cuba for very long. As I reported then, McAfee was already confident that a grand jury is currently convening and will indict him for tax-related crimes. He admits he hasn't paid income taxes in eight years and says he does not intend to do so ever again. <laughs> what a man. Love it. <clears throat> the indictment claims that McAfee earned millions of dollars in income from various sources, including but not limited to one from 2014 through 2016 for speaking engagements Two, from 2015 through 2016 for the rights to his life story for a documentary. <laughs> Three, from 2016 through 2018 for work as a consultant. And four, from 2017 through 2018 for pro uh, promoting cryptocurrencies. And failed to make an income tax return and has willfully attempted to evade and defeat income tax due and owing by him to the United States of America. McAfee faces five counts that have a potential five-year imprisonment and or quarter million dollar fine and five more counts that have a potential one year imprisonment and or a hundred thousand dollar fine. So anyway, what do you, so, what so would you do if you thing. were him? Well, well, here's the thing. I, people's like, you know, who say taxation isn't theft. It's like, well, okay, then if you don't follow through in paying your taxes, this is what they will do to you. Mm -hmm. Five years in prison, one year in prison, a um, hundred thousand dollars, $250,000 fine. Um, and there's five counts. So if he's in, if he's, you know, convicted of all five of them, sorry, five, five counts for five years, that's 25 years. And then another five years for the other counts. So that's 30 years in prison, in prison. What happens if you refuse to go to prison? Then they send people with guns to your house. And, and if you refuse their orders, then they can kill you. So so. Taxation is death. It's not theft. It's death. <laughs> Taxation is death. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, this is a good time. It's early in the show, but you can go ahead and tell me about expat, right? What a better, what, how to, how could we not have a better time to talk about, to talk about the expat money show? Yeah, this, there's a, <laughs> this is the way that you can legally do it without yeah. ending yeah. up with these. He should have gone to the expat money show. That's what, what he should have done. Yeah. So guys, we interviewed a great guy, Mikkel Thurup, uh, last week. And he talked about uh, the expat lifestyle. And you're like, what is that? Well, if you want to know what a true libertarian is, like if you're like, man, I'm so hardcore libertarian. Well, you're not libertarian enough unless you go and listen to the expat money show. There's a new episode every single Friday and you can go to expatmoneyshow.com 
And that's where you'll find all the information on how to live an actual, true, free liberty life without paying taxes and having uh, your money goes further. And also then it's a place where he also avoids war, which I think is really important. So two huge libertarian principles that we believe in, uh, obviously taxation is theft, and then we shouldn't be going around bombing people. Well, you'll learn all about that at expat money show. Uh, so check out expatmoneyshow.com. Go download their podcast. New episode every single Friday. It's called the expat EXPAT money show. And then there's also a new forum and a rapidly growing Facebook group. So go to expatmoneyshow.com slash forum, sign up and learn how to live the true liber- libertarian lifestyle of your dreams. Don't I mean, end up like John moving. McAfee, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about moving to Panama and do the opposite of what McAfee did. Cause no, we don't, nobody wants, we don't want you going to prison. Doesn't matter how much money you have. Eventually they'll catch you trying to get on the plane. You right. know, doesn't matter. Right. You'll end up on some list. Yep. You're going to be on a list and it doesn't matter how much money hookers and blow you got. They'll eventually pick you up trying to get on a plane on the way to do all of those things. So go over to expat money show and do it legally all right, so next, Netflix has been indicted by a Texas grand jury over controversial film, Cuties. I just thought this was interesting news. I haven't looked at their stock or anything. The canceled Netflix social media campaign that kicked off with last month's premiere of the controversial French film, Cuties, had quieted down in recent weeks, but now a new front has emerged in the battle between the movie's critics and Netflix. Texas Representative Matt Schaefer announced on Twitter that the grand jury in Tyler County had formally indicted the company over cuties and its alleged exploitation of the movie's young stars. Netflix Inc. indicted by grand jury in Tyler County for promoting materials uh, for promoting material in cuties film, which depicts lewd exposition of pubic area of a clothed or partially clothed child who is younger than 18 years of age, which appeals to the prurient interest in sex Schaefer wrote in his post so so that's what it is so in a statement Netflix responded saying that cuties is a social commentary against the sexualization of young children the charge is without merit and we stand by the film that echoes the company's continued support for the movie and the director the movie's director previously said that she shares the same fight as the people who are against the movie the director said that she based the story on her own life as a child uh, immigrant living in France as well as her observations and concerns. So that's what we got on that so far. That is interesting to mention. Uh, my my thoughts on this were you cannot sexually exploit real children on a movie that's going to be in front of millions of people to make a point that it's bad to sexually exploit children. Right. That's all I would say. I get. I don't the, understand why they could. Why couldn't they have used at least eighteen-year-old actresses that looked really young in some that kind of way? That looked young. Yeah, because that ha- that they do that all the time. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that you. I'm not saying you can't depict because they depict other things like, um, you know, they did they depict terrible things like rape and murder and all kinds of other things that are absolutely atrocious in movies. Um, so I'm not saying you can't. I wouldn't say you couldn't do something like that, but the the person has to be of legal age. Yeah, you don't actually commit the crime in the movie. Like no one's actually raped or murdered in a movie that's depicting rape right, or murder. Right. But they actually filmed eleven year old girls. Yeah. Like so, that's committing the crime right. in, in in an attempt to make a point that people who do this are really bad. Yeah. <laughs> so that I I think that we can kind of bridge the gap there and and say, you know, the director says that she shares the same fight. That's why they, that's why she made the movie. And I, I get that you're going to try to make a movie about this thing to point out how terrible it is, but you also can't commit the same crime in the filming of the movie that you're trying to make a point about other people doing that is so bad. It does. It, it doesn't work that way. It really doesn't work that way. Sam says, I'm going to have to have the talk about the dangers of drugs with my children. And to do that, I'm taking the youngest one and injecting them with some black tar heroin. <laughs> <laughs> well, just film it. Just film it. You, Make it a movie. Film it. Yeah. yeah. You see this, Johnny? You don't ever want to feel this good in your life. You don't, don't want none do of this, it. Johnny. <laughs> you don't want to feel this good ever. Stay away from this. Uh, 
Dad, I kind of like that. I kind of, I kind of do want that. Feel spacey and good. <laughs> kind of do want that. No, you don't. You don't want it. Uh, I don't know what your kids' names are, Sam, but Johnny seemed appropriate at the time. Johnny fits. That's fine. So, I, yep. I don't know where you guys come down on that. I, I, I get the idea. I think the idea is important. But like Charlie said, use eighteen-year-old people who. Uh, are legally of age to make their own decisions and whether consent. or not they're going to show themselves sexually in a movie that's going to be seen by millions of people. Not to mention, the movie did have a bunch of other scenes that ended up getting cut out, including straight-up child nudity uh, that ended up getting cut out. And listen, uh, whether or not they cut it out of the film, there's a big film crew and editors and sound people and all kinds of stuff all over the place and the filming of that. And all that still exists somewhere too. So you can't act like the movie world, the movie filming world somehow exists outside of the real world. That's not, it's not a thing. Somehow they're protected. Yeah. Well, I know it killed a guy, but it was for a movie. (laughs) We're trying to point out how bad murder is. We wanted to make it so realistic that we had to yeah. make it real. Yeah. And I'm against, I'm against murdering people. I just wanted to show what it's like when you actually do murder someone, how horrific it can be. <laughs> Doesn't that sound ridiculous? It does. It, it sounds, sounds so ridiculous. ridiculous. <laughs> so ridiculous. Okay. All right. Some more Trump here. This coming from Yahoo. Um, Ethicists say Trump special treatment raises fairness issues. Okay. So he got, uh, this is, you know, obviously he got the COVID and Mm -hmm. he got all kinds of special treatment. First off, getting, you know, taken to a hospital and hospitalized when he was not in probably the condition to do that anyway. I didn't know they had presidential (laughs) offices at Walter Reed, by the way. (laughs) I guess so. Until I heard, um, that he was going to be doing more work from the presidential offices at Walter Reed. And I was like, what? Yeah. They have presidential offices at Walter Reed. So he also got some medications that have not been approved yet that may be approved someday. So he was able to come in and get some very promising medications for COVID that no one else is allowed to get. So that that's kind of what this is about here. All right, so the special treatment President Donald Trump received to access an experimental COVID-19 drug raises fairness issues that start with the flawed healthcare system many Americans endure and end with the public's right to know more about his condition, ethics, and medical experts say. Regeneron Pharmaceuticals Incorporated revealed on Tuesday how rare it was for anyone to get the drug it gave Trump outside of studies testing its safety and effectiveness. The drug, which supplies antibodies to help the immune system clear the coronavirus, is widely viewed as very promising. Trump also received the antiviral remdesivir and the steroid uh, dexamethasone. And it's impossible to know whether any of these drugs did him any good. Y'all, I'm pretty good at pronouncing drug names because I was I did I was in sc- nursing school for a year. All right, <laughs> so I can't pronounce other things, but those things I'm pretty decent at. Okay, good job. Quote. He deserves special treatment by virtue of his office, said George Honest, who heads Boston University Center for Law and Health Ethics. The question is whether it's good treatment. Any president, regardless of who it was, gets special treatment, by yeah. the way. Yeah. If this was, uh, who was the Democratic nominee? If this was Hillary Clinton who got it, she would also get the same thing. She could try whatever drug she wanted. They're the ones that are in control of the departments who forbid you to do it. Yeah, there's two sides. Don't worry. This is for your protection. We're going to make sure you don't do it, but we can do it. So that's where I was going to go. How? So, well, what I'm saying is it's not ridiculous for a president to to be able to get special treatment. No, they're trying to make it seem as it is if it's ridiculous. But then you're right. The other side of it is how insane is it that? other human beings can't make their own choices, but if you're in a position of power, you can. Well, and what does it tell you? What does it tell you about the safety, the dangers of this drug that they're going to give it to the president? They considered it safe enough to give to the president. So imagine (laughs) the people got food testers, tasters, 
okay? You can't get a burrito without it being approved, all right? But you can give them a drug that other people aren't allowed to have, and it's safe enough. If it's safe enough for you to give to the president, then it needs to be available to the rest of the public. Right. And let people make that decision. And evidently, it's not that dangerous, or they wouldn't have given it to him. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. Why right, can't so anyone else get, get this? How did he get the drug? Trump's doctors asked for the Regeneron drug under compassionate use rules, which allow a patient with a life-threatening disease to get an experimental medicine if they can't enroll in a study testing it, and there's no good alternative. Compassionate use requests are decided on a case-by-case basis, and both the drug company and the U.S. FDA uh, must agree. An FDA spokeswoman refused comment on the FDA's decision to say how many others have asked for the drug. Who controls the FDA? Hmm. Hmm. Who's the top boss? I don't. It seems like it seems like the uh, the president might be the top oh, boss for the FDA. Right. Yeah, you're right. How special was this? Fewer than ten of these requests have been granted, said Regeneron spokeswoman Alexandra Bowie or Bowie. The drug is in limited supply. The priority is using it for the ongoing studies and emergency access is granted only in rare and exceptional circumstances, she wrote in an email. Regeneron also contacted Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden's campaign to make them aware of the compassionate use mechanism should they need to apply. Huh. If Biden becomes infected, Bowie wrote, there was no promise of access to the medicine, she added. Allison Bateman House, an ethicist at NYU uh, Langoy. <laughs> I don't know. Health. LHR. University <laughs> Health. Said Regeneron's overture to Biden raises concern. Quote, that crosses lines of appearing to promote a potentially unapproved product in violation of FDA rules, she said. Rather than directing people to enroll in studies that suggest just call us up and we'll cut the line for you, she said. As for Trump, it's not clear to me that this was an emergency situation, said Dr. Stephen Jaffe, medical ethics chief at the University of Pennsylvania. Quote, I think there is something wrong with the privileged, uh, the president getting special treatment that's not available to the rest of us, he said. There's so much injustice in our healthcare system with so many people not even having access to the basics that the favoritism shown Trump is a symptom of a much larger problem. Trump spent three nights at a military hospital with a team of doctors watching him around the clock there and at the white house. So this is, and see, this is my problem is the spin on the article that they took of it. Yeah. Which is, well, this is an ethics violation and how dare Trump, uh, you know, do this rather than why in the world is it not approved for the rest of us? If the freaking president of the United States can take it. He took two of them, by the way, that aren't approved. Yeah, that's the Ron and Remdesivir. Their argument is that Trump should not have been allowed to get this medication. Right? They, they, they would have locked it line, down. Wait in line like the rest yeah. of us. First come, first serve. When, and it should be free. How about you just open it up to everyone? You know, and let people decide what they want to take. Yeah. How about if you're on your deathbed with COVID, you can try out this medication that evidently was safe enough to give to the president. Maybe yeah. that's a good idea. Yeah, and the live group's bringing up some really good points here, and they say, um, therein lies the danger of the government in charge of your health care, and you're mad at this guy got special treatment, yet you want the government to control health care. How do they not see the correlation with this? How can anyone not see that the, the people in charge always get special treatment? It doesn't matter what kind of system you're under. They're the ones that are going to get the special treatment. Who was it? Chavez's daughter is worth like $2 billion. 4.2 billion. What? Yeah. Huh? 4.2 billion. 4.2 billion for, for what? For being Chavez's daughter. She took state money and ran with it. it, it what more proof do you need? Yeah. Just look at, Nancy proof, look at Nancy Pelosi's hair. Yeah. All right. Special treatment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wasn't even wearing a mask. <laughs> okay. So speaking of Trump going to the hospital, this is an even extra article for the for what charlie spends all his days doing my wife is downstairs doing right now how much would trump's coronavirus treatment cost most americans Hmm. you i cannot wait to tell you what they included and how much this would cost you i can't 
wait. <laughs> President Donald Trump spent three days in the hospital. He arrived and left by helicopter. He received multiple coronavirus tests, oxygen, steroids, and experimental antibody treatment. For someone who isn't president, that would cost more than $100,000 in the American healthcare system. Patients could face significant surprise bills and medical debt, even after health insurance paid its share. The biggest financial risk would come not from the hospital stay, but from services provided elsewhere, including helicopter transit and repeated coronavirus testing. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, put, <laughs> they put the helicopter transit. As if Trump was life flighted. <laughs> helicopter they transit. They factored in a life flight in the cost of this when he flies oh on God. Marine One all the time. Like if he takes, like if he goes across town to get a sandwich somewhere and he takes Marine One over there, like how much would this sandwich had cost a normal American? <laughs> so it's $20,000 sandwich. Factor in the helicopter trip. <laughs> this is so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> oh, this is, this is gold. Oh, oh man. We don't even have to be funny on this podcast. We just read stupid shit like this. Trump did not have to worry about the cost of his care, which are covered by the federal government. Actually, they're covered by the American people. Most Americans, which means the American people can't afford all that stuff. They just had to pay for it for someone else. Right. Most Americans, <laughs> including many who carry health coverage, do worry about receiving medical care they cannot afford. For some Americans, the bills could start mounting with frequent tests. Insurers are generally required to pay for those tests when physicians order them, but not when employers order them. The Trump administration made it clear in June when it issued guidance stating that insurers do not have to pay for testing conducted to screen for general workplace health and safety. Instead, patients need to pay for that type of testing themselves. What will actually end up happening is the businesses themselves will pay for it if you'll open up the freaking market for them to buy an entire warehouse full of kits to test all of their people all the time. Instead, patients need to pay for that type of testing themselves. Some might be able to get free tests at public sites and some employers may voluntarily cover the costs. Others could face significant medical debt from tests delivered at hospitals or urgent care centers. Now, Charlie, speaking of significant medical debt for testing, how expensive has the free market made COVID tests? What was it? What did we talk about the other day? Was it $5 or $10? There's one for five and there's one for 10. Oh, okay. You just there can't buy them. You're just not allowed to buy yeah, them. You're not allowed to buy them. Yeah. That's, this is insane. There's an actual company, though, offering them for five bucks. Yeah. You it just seems can't buy them. relatively cheap. I mean, that's how much we charge for an entire month of a Patreon group subscription. <laughs> you're only going to get one test. For us, you get a whole 30 days. A 30 day supply of Good Morning Liberty in your face. <laughs> For five bucks a month. That's it. Go sign up patreon.com slash good morning liberty. But one simple test can cost them easily 500 or 505 bucks. Can you imagine <laughs> how much your Patreon subscription would be if you had to go through insurance? Yeah. <laughs> and depending on what state you live in, we could charge you different for different states. <laughs> COVID tests can be expensive, although they typically cost $100. One emergency room treatment. One emergency room in Texas has charged as much as sixty four hundred dollars for a drive through test. Now stop right there. Why do you think that they charge that much for for drive through tests? Well, they'll probably end up getting about a thousand dollars out of that. Maybe no, but why do you think <laughs> they they up the cost? Why do you think they up the charge for that? Uh, because the patient doesn't have to pay for it. Well, that's the insurance one, company two, does. Two was the gov did the government not force uh, hospitals and everyone else to shut down all non medical procedures oh, and stuff yeah. and all of that? How, do you know how much money hospitals lost in the six months, even though they were the ones that they were that were going to be overrun? Hospitals lost so much money that oh, now wow. this is the only thing they can really treat. Of course, they started bringing other things back, but of course they need to charge that much. They have to employ a bunch of people. They've got so many expenses. I mean, the profit margin of the healthcare company is so tiny. It's ridiculous. And if you guys think we're speculating, we are not directly below me is a financial analyst for a hospital. I don't mean underneath my desk. I mean, downstairs, there is a financial analyst for a major healthcare company and hospitals have been losing their money like crazy. They're losing yeah. their, losing their A's out there. Mm -hmm. So, okay. 
About 2.4% of coronavirus tests billed to insurers leave the patient responsible for some portion of payment. 2.4% of the tests billed to insurers leave the patient responsible. Good Lord. According to the health data firm Castlight, with 108 million tests performed in the United States, that could amount to millions of tests that leave patients responsible for some share of the cost. <laughs> let's not, let's yeah, talk about, about... About 3 million out of the 108 million tests. Yeah, responsible for some share of the cost. Yeah. But let's mm -hmm. talk about the money that the hospitals charge to the insurance company. Let's not talk about the money that the people actually end up paying out of pocket for the test that would also they they've performed 108 million tests so how many people have been tested we haven't looked at the numbers lately how many people have been tested and how many people got infected um i don't know i haven't got i haven't looked at those numbers in a while 108 million tests marta barton what Mar marta bart barton or bartan i'm just gonna call her marta barton marta barton who works as a hair colorist in New York City, needed a coronavirus test to return to her job this summer. She received a $1,300 bill from the hospital running the drive through site where she was tested. She said, I was so confused. Who was, uh, she's contesting the bill. Said, you go in to get a COVID test, expecting it to be free. <laughs> what, what could they have possibly charged me $1,400 for? Now, remember, most people didn't even receive a bill. But they found someone mm -hmm. who paid a significant amount of no, money for the test. No, and not paid. She received the bill that she is oh, contesting. Yeah. This could have been a fluke bill, which happens all the time. Yeah, I received bills from my last surgery. And I was like, what is this? And, and they were like, oh, yeah, we forgot the that one didn't get submitted to your insurer. I was like, well, can you submit that to my insurer? Turns out I didn't know anything for it. That's <laughs> But I had a bill that I could then take a picture of and post it online and talk about how much this bill was. Yeah. If I wanted to, it to Yahoo guys are not really saying healthcare is cheap and affordable and amazingly accessible to everyone. That is not what we're saying, but you got to at least have conversations based on factual information or we're not going to go anywhere with this conversation. Mm -hmm. So any, anyway, th can we, can we talk about the quote here? You go in to get a COVID test expecting it to be free. <laughs> <laughs> so can you name, yeah. Name me something else where you're like, you go in to get this product and service for someone and you expect it to be free. And then you get a bill. Like, yeah. where else does that exist? And you're asking me why healthcare is so expensive? Name another freaking industry where that exists. Name another one. I, where is it that we're arguing that something that you should go get a product or service provided by a bunch of other people and expect it to be free? Not even in other countries. Where is it? Where is it? Nowhere. It doesn't exist. It's right. not a thing. That's why it's so expensive. I asked, I asked uh, my wife why the emergency room was so expensive. And she said, because you're paying for the 10 people before you that didn't pay their bill. Yeah. That's, that's why. That's exactly why it's so expensive. So it, it's the same thing. You know why her bill is 1400 Because of the 10, 20 people before her that, aren't, that they're not going to get any money from. Her her bill was actually supposed to be a hundred, but the thirteen people in front of her didn't pay. Mm -hmm. So they're going to charge her the full amount, and, it, and that happens all the time. And the other thing about emergency rooms is that they can't turn anybody away. So everyone's like, "Oh, I can't get any healthcare in the United States because I'm so broke." No, you can go to any any emergency room. They mm -hmm. have to treat you before mm -hmm. they even ask if you can pay for it. By the way, you have to be seen by a provider by a provider, and they have to make sure you don't die. Yep. They don't ask it's, about any kind of other information until after their job yeah, is done. Exactly. So you can dine oh. and dash. You know? <laughs> the bills, the bills for a typical American would continue at the hospital with the routine monitoring that any patient would receive and the drugs provided in the course of care. Remdesivir, a new coronavirus treatment created by Gilead, costs $3,100 when purchased by private insurers and $2,300 with public programs like Medicare and Medicaid. Anyone talk about the cash price? If you want to go up and do that. Health economists are only starting to understand the full costs of COVID treatment. Just as scientists are mapping out how the disease works and spreads. They do have some early estimates. The median charge for a coronavirus hospitalization for a patient over 60 is $61,000, according to a claims database. That figure includes any medical care during the hospital stay. 
which uh, such as an emergency room visit that led to admission of drugs provided by the hospital. For insured patients, that price would typically be negotiated lower by their health plan. Fair Health estimates that the median amount paid is 31000 That amount, like most things in American healthcare, varies significantly from one patient to another. And that is still not the out-of-pocket cost for the actual person, by the way. Still not the actual out-of-pocket cost. Right. So the, the, these, this is some of the healthcare costing that we've talked about a lot. I am more than willing to talk about how terrible the healthcare system is and how overly expensive everything is. But we've got to use actual numbers that are real. Got to use actual real numbers here. So they yeah, say when Bernie Sanders talks about the out-of-pocket costs or the he talks about the cost of healthcare and how we're the leading country in costs is actually not true. You know, it yeah. doesn't the the amount that Americans actually pay out of pocket doesn't even come close to what they claim. They're taking the sixty-one thousand, the sixty-two thousand dollar charge, basically, when in reality your insurance company on average was only charged 30 grand. If that, by the way, because it's definitely lower than that. Um, and then you're going to pay, pay just a portion of that. Um, which most people on their insurance plan, they have a maximum amount that they'll pay. <clears throat> so, but then there's other rules for that too. So I'm, you know, whatever. It's, yeah. The problem is they use the incorrect numbers. That's what I'm trying to say. Tell me if this is true, Charlie. Uninsured patients could be stuck with the entire hospital charges and not receive any discounts. Not true. Not true at all. Not true. No. At all. Every single hospital, whether they're for profit or not, have a charity um, payer plan, essentially. And what they do is based on certain factors like income and other Mm -hmm. types of things, uh, they write off your expenses, by the way. They leave it as debt that they can write off and they can avoid paying hefty taxes. They love writing stuff off. Love. Most hospitals I've worked at would have, they have millions to hundreds of millions of dollars in bad debt in bad debt, by the way, not to mention if a bill is under a certain amount, they won't even attempt to collect it. They'll just automatically write it off for most of them around. And I'm not giving any specifics out, but for most of them around, if anything's less than a hundred dollars, they don't even look at it. It's not even, even in look. the system. Not worth anyone's time. But, but yeah, it would cost them more money to try to collect. So like they see $100 bills laying all over the place and they're just like, I'm I'm not picking those up. Yeah, not only that, uh, like Jeff not just worth said. my broken back. You get the self-pay discounts as well. They're, they're not factoring in. They're looking at what the hospital types out. I can go down there and illegally look on my wife's computer right now. And this is what... We charge for this. Now, that is not, if someone comes in and says, I'm self-pay, I'm cash payment, I'm going to pay this, this is going to go on the card, or uh, can I do a payment plan, or something like that, they will absolutely negotiate that price down. Then they, then they don't have to deal with the insurance companies and all yeah. the billing, the billing headaches. And, and you mean, can shop that around, by the way, which is what I did for my surgery, for my ear surgery. Now, out of pocket, if it would all been regular charges, I would have paid somewhere around $60,000 for my ear surgery if they would have charged me full price on everything. Around 60 grand. And guess how much I paid out of pocket as a, a self-pay person who shopped around and got the best deals. Um, people get good deals all the time. I got the best. <laughs> cost me, it's still a lot of money. But a lot it cost of people... Me they don't get good deals. They don't get. I, no. I get good. Other deals, deals terrible. Absolutely. You want to go I with my I literally paid ten percent of that. It cost me six thousand dollars for a surgeon, for for somebody to put me under, um, take my ear off essentially, and work with microscopic tools for five hours to re to clean out my ear and reconstruct it because I had a bunch of cell growth and stuff. That's called a cholesteatoma. So they took that out. And then they, he reconstructed like my eroded bones to where I could actually hear out of my right ear. Now I can actually hear stuff. I used to not be able to, and it cost me six, $6,000 out of pocket for everything. You picking up All any radio stations on that thing? A couple of them. Yep. <clears throat> I do have an MRI card now. Really I hope they look for certain, that before they stick your passed out certain, body in an MRI. I know they have to put it on a certain setting. Otherwise, the titanium can, I don't know, I guess go through my brain. That wouldn't anyway. be good. 
Yeah. So, anyway, I mean, so it's like literally, you know, cause I called around to, I mean, this one place, if I had insurance was going to charge me $50,000 just for the room, just to be in a room for six hours. That was their charge. Must be a pretty nice room. It's, it's insane. And the problem is Bernie will talk about the $50,000 when he talks about how much your surgery costs or the 60,000. That's what he'll talk about. And so that's why we have to make these arguments. Guys, healthcare is still too expensive, but you've mm-hmm. got to have them based on the proper information. If Bernie's using the figure of Charlie's surgery at $60,000, then there is a lie happening right there because Charlie's surgery yeah. costs $6,000. You it are been much nicer if it was only like two or 3,000. I would have that'd be nice. appreciated that. But at the same time, what what is it worth to you to have your hearing back and to make sure that the cell growth growing in your ear doesn't enter your brain and kill you? Yeah. What's that worth to you? Like, I don't, you know, in 1920, you may, maybe you just died. So what's it worth to you? That's, you know, I wish it in a free market, it would have been cheaper. I probably would have paid probably half of that. I would say about $3,000 and I would still have high quality really good surgery where I didn't die and I can hear again, but you know what? Six grand. I'll take it. I'll take it. I can hear again and I'm not going to die. Those are both good things. Yeah. So we got to go through, uh, now let's also mention the most, the costly, costly part of this plan for Americans. Air ambulances are expensive and often not in major health insurance plans networks. They're still, there's no, they still, they hammer this down. They hammer it down for the end of the article. This, this helicopter ride. Yeah. The median charge for an air ambulance is $38,700, according to a study in the Journal of Health Affairs published this year. When the helicopter trip is out of network, uh, as about three quarters of them are, patients are left with a median charge of 21000 after the insurance payout. Taking two helicopter rides, as Trump did. <laughs> could plausibly result in more than $40,000 in medical debt for patients about without access to their own aircraft. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe they actually went with it on the helicopter trip for the cost and of this. I not mean, only did they go with it, they kept. They broke they kept out the numbers it. on it. Yeah. Like, can, they looked up health affairs journals and everything. <laughs> just, just, you know, just on the record here. You don't necessarily have to be life flighted to a hospital because you tested positive for SARS-CoV-2. Or if you tested positive. Or positive for for SARS-CoV-2. None of them. Okay? (laughs) It's just nuts, man. Let's skip the next next article and end there. They're going to put the... uh, They're going to put Marine... I bet Marine Force One or whatever it's called. Marine One, I guess. I guess Marine One is probably more expensive than the average life flight helicopter, too, I'd imagine. That's a pretty big helicopter. It's just how ridiculous is it to factor in those kind of costs? Like, oh, when the president went out to somewhere, he would have had, he had 15 guards and a whole building full of people that were tracking the movements of everyone in the entire area. And his car has all these modifications done to it. Here's how expensive a car trip to the local McDonald's would would <laughs> cost would cost for the average American. <laughs> yeah, like, it's ridiculous. The says, uh, or Sam says, nineteen twenty doctors be like, "Oops, looks like you got the poison blood. Here's some cocaine for that." <laughs> <laughs> and then Dax says, "It's a hell of a drug. Cocaine's a hell of a drug." Hey, man, maybe they'll come back. We're back in the twenties now. Right. So. They're the roaring twenties or whatever they're I got called. you some, some bubbly sugary water to wash it down with. All right, y'all. All right. So are we ending it here? The case against Trump? No, nah, we'll end it already. We've ended already. Oh, yeah, we're, cause we're already 50 minutes in or more than that, actually. Yeah. 50 right. minutes in. And we started late you have to tell them. You have to tell the people about the stonks. I got to tell you guys about stonk market. Go to mastermystonks.com if you're interested in learning how to day trade. Switching over to a new day trading platform so you guys can do that along with us. I'm super excited about it. So go to mastermystonks.com. If you had never listened to us say this before, I'm going to say 
exactly the same thing. If you don't even know a word yet about stonks, then go to the website. Hey, there's a whole tab with terminology. We got downloads on there for all the different custom uh, share size calculators and things like that that I made on there. You can learn all that stuff. Go through a slightly over 200 videos that are on the website. And we got a whole lot of new stuff in store too. So if you are interested, if you've ever been interested in day trading, now's the time, all right? Uh, yesterday was a better time. Now is the best time that is available because we have not invented a time machine as of yet, but that's coming out in the, the advanced level of the class. Yeah, so, so don't delay, no more. Yeah, no more. So go to mastermystonks.com and get signed up like a whole bunch of other people are doing. Let's get the gravy chain rolling. Okay, go to mastermystonks.com. The gravy chain link. <laughs> the gravy chain. Yeah, get it rolling, friends. Yeah. I mentioned the Patreon group earlier. You guys need to be involved in that. It is continuing to grow. We've got a lot of fun going on in the live group. So as for as little as five bucks a month, Remember, you get a full 30-day subscription for that. It's only five bucks. And in fact, they don't even charge you for the first month. Well, they don't charge so, you until the date of the billing cycle. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you sign up like on the first, then whatever. You get, you know, if you sign up now, you get like a free 23 days. So you don't even have to pay for the first part. Unless you sign up at the end of the month, don't do that. <laughs> if you sign up now, you get free time. They don't even charge you. They charge everyone at the same time. And you can uh, be part of the live group. It's just five bo- five bucks a month, people. You're not even going to miss it. I, I promise you, you're not even going to miss it. So 30 days of Good Morning Liberty in your face. Be part of the live group. Chat with us. Ask us any questions you want. You can be a part of the show that way because we include, as you guys hear, uh, people in the live group all the time in the show. So be a part of that. Patreon.com slash Good Morning Liberty. Patreon.com slash Good Morning Liberty. Sign up for some stonks, as Nate mentioned, and then please share this show. Our numbers continue to grow, and we can't thank you all enough for that. I mean, we, the listeners, every time I refresh this, it just it keeps going up. So we uh, we really, really appreciate you guys sharing the show. Leave us that rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you do all of that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.